Turn, if you would, to the 11th chapter of the book of John. We are continuing with our questions that Jesus asked. We're approaching the end of it. I'm going to... uh, hmm. (laughs) In a couple of weeks, we will return to uh, 2 Corinthians. If you remember, we made it through 1 Corinthians with the intent of going straight into 2 Corinthians, but I decided to... uh, go wander through the Gospels a little bit uh, as, a, uh, as a change of pace. So we'll be returning to 2 Corinthians in a couple of weeks. Uh, next week I will not be here. I've got a uh, daughter getting married on Saturday and I begged off on Sunday because I don't know what my mental state will be. I probably won't be able to afford gas to get here. So, but what can I say? My daughter and her to-be got in at 4 a.m. this morning, driving straight from Maryland, so that's good. Let the week begin. <sighs> Deep breath. We'll need it. We have a long passage to cover today, but it is a very familiar story to us. The question is actually embedded in the middle of it, where Jesus is talking and ask the question, do you believe these things that I'm telling you? Do you believe this? So we will lead our way to that point and get there in just a moment. Starting in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. We are familiar with that story. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Simple enough story. They're aware of the fact that Jesus has been going through the countryside healing people. Lazarus is sick. Lazarus has a relationship with Jesus. So the obvious thing to do is to call Jesus. Well, I guess they didn't call him, huh? They sent word to Jesus and said, please come, Lazarus is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Remember that passage. Remember that verse because that's going to explain everything that's going to happen. Why? This progression, why this series of events occurs, is to bring glory to the Son to demonstrate that He is, in fact, God. This sickness will not end in death. Now, you know the story. He is going to die. But the story doesn't end in death. We'll get back to that passage in just a moment. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Instead of hurrying down to deal with this issue, or even declaring him healed from a distance, he will, if you would, he just kind of waited. He was waiting for something. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. 
which was probably not a good idea, as we will see. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you there, and yet you are going back there. You remember the geography. Every time that Jesus would get close to Jerusalem, they would try to kill him. So he had a tendency to spend most of his public ministry in the northern part of the country, up by the Sea of Galilee, where it was uh, less uh, antagonistic toward him. Eventually, and we're going to see it in this passage, he heads to Jerusalem for the final time. Okay? Why do you want to go there? They want to kill us there. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by, his, by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. Jesus is being guided by a light. He is being guided on a path, and he can do nothing but follow that path. As long as he's on the path that is being illuminated for him, he will not stumble. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Now, that sounds like an odd statement. Okay, he's asleep. What's the big deal? His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Jesus is actually telling the disciples, Lazarus is dead. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Hmm, I'm glad I wasn't there, because something's going to happen that is going to increase your faith. Now let's go. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. I actually like that verse. It's kind of this resignation of, well, Jesus is going that way. Jesus is going to die. We might as well go with him. Back to the discussion of when Jesus spoke the controversial things and all these disciples left him. Not the twelve, but the crowd. And Jesus turns to the twelve and says, Are you all going to leave me too? And Peter says, Where else would we go? Who would we go to? And that's kind of Thomas's attitude here. Okay, he's going down to Judea. They're going to stone him. We might as well go too. Takes a certain amount of faith to do that. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. If you've been attending the, um, the sermon series, we've been working through the book of Luke, and Ted and others have brought out the fact that during the Passion Week, Jesus would spend the night in Bethany and then come into Jerusalem. So that's kind of an idea of how close this was, two miles away. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Obviously, they had friends. They were popular. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, 
If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give whatever you ask. I know that if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But I know that you still have power to do something. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Pretty bold statement. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That is actually an interesting comment. There, is, there was, at this time, a debate among the Jewish people about the reality of the resurrection. There were those who said no. There were those who said yes. It was a very controversial topic. I might add it is probably a rather controversial topic today. Always has been, always will be. Why? Because we don't know. <laughs> without the scripture telling us. Let's keep reading. Martha's answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And there's our question for the day. Do you Mary, Martha, Kyle, all of us, do we believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Martha had an idea of a resurrection, an event that was going to occur sometime in the future. It was this abstract idea that yes, somehow, some way, God is going to work it out, and at the end of time, everybody will come together, we will all be resurrected, and something's going to happen. It was something way out there. And Jesus comes and says, no, it isn't something way out there. Resurrection is a person and that person is me because I am the power that allows that resurrection to occur. You've been anticipating, expecting, believing in this event in the future. And I'm telling you that event, that thing is me and I'm right here standing with you. I am the resurrection, and I am the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Kind of seems like a strange connection. If you're living, then why do you die? Wouldn't it be better just to not die in the first place? We'll talk about that in just a moment. I am the resurrection, I am the life. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Martha, do you believe these things that I'm telling you? Why do you think it was significant that he asked her if she believed these things? Hmm? Her statement before she made 
eventually. Yeah. So there was a lack of faith on her part. Limited faith on her part. Okay. Somebody else? It's, it's an ambiguous thing in front of her. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. If I'm, I think that's the way it is. Right. <laughs> the sad. Anyway, she believed in something happening in the future. It, it is interesting, though. You know, Mike made the comment that she was probably aware of the debates going on. She had probably heard them. And these debates kind of make you a little unsure. Sometimes they begin to, okay, what is, what is the right answer? Is it going to happen? Is it not? Now, Jesus, I'll tell you that it's going to, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Her brother had just died. They'll never die, and he's dead. End of the story, so they think. She is asking, he is asking her, do you believe these things? He knows what's going to happen. She doesn't know what's going to happen. He is asking her to have faith in him before the actual event takes place. Now, he is not predicating what he's about to do on her, the existence or non-existence of her faith, but he wants her to have the faith before the event occurs. Why is that significant? Because you and I are in that boat. You and I are in that boat where God is asking us to have faith when we don't really know the story in our own lives and in the lives of those whom we love. Jesus is asking Martha, do you believe? Believing without having seen. Now he's going to show her. The thing that I think is significant about this is that, and I'm jumping way ahead here, he is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. You all all know that. You've read the story. And when he does that, there are two reactions to it. A large number of people believe in Jesus. Why wouldn't they? I mean, let's face it. This guy's been dead for four days. But we're also told that many of the Jews plotted how to kill Jesus because of this event. There were both reactions. There were those who believed before and the act confirmed their belief. There were those who didn't believe before, and the act, if anything, made them more antagonistic. 
toward Jesus. Why is this important? Remember the parable of the rich man who died and went to hell and he was talking to Abraham and he said, let me send somebody back to my brothers so they won't come to this wretched, awful place. And he was told, they have the prophets. Yeah, but if somebody came back from the dead, everybody would believe. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. If you're not going to believe the prophets, if you're not going to believe Jesus, when he's standing in front of you saying, I am the resurrection and I am the life, you're not necessarily going to believe him after the event either. Faith is a necessary component of the Christian life. It isn't, oh, I've seen this. I mean, we're on the other side of this. We know what's going to happen to Lazarus. We know what's going to occur. Martha was sitting there, and Jesus said, I want you to believe in me. And then come along and let me show you my power. It's interesting. It's interesting the look at Jesus and his relationship with to Martha, because I would have said, well, just hold on, Martha. You'll believe in a moment. Trust me. No. He wanted Martha to be like us and to believe Jesus because of who Jesus is. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet will he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Wait a minute. He dies. He lives. He never dies. But wait, he just died. Well, no, that's the sleep. Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep. It's just a passing thing. Death is not the ultimate end even though, from an earthly standpoint, because of the severed relationships, etc., it is a very sad event. And we're going to see that in just a moment. Jesus is not putting on rose-colored glasses and pretending that death does not occur. He's simply stating it's not the end of the story. Let's keep going. Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God who was come into the world. Now that's a good statement. Go ahead, Marilyn. Yes, she did. She went way beyond the question that he asked. The question that was asked was, do you believe I can raise Lazarus from the dead? That's the question that you think is being asked. The question she answers is, I know who you are. The rest of it, the rest of it will take care of itself if you acknowledge that. If you acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the rest of the equation just falls into place. Or not. It just, you're trusting 
the person, not the event. You're trusting Christ, not some event that Christ may or may not do. Let's keep reading. And after he said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where, she wa- where Jesus was and saw him, she fell on her feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now we get to start the story over again. We had Martha and the interaction with Martha, and now we have Mary and the interaction with Mary. Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Somewhat of a condemnation in this statement. Somewhat of a, it's your fault that he's dead. Now, we will not ask for a show of hands of how many of us have ever felt that something was God's fault. You know? Lord, if you had done what I wanted you to do, this would have worked out differently. Lord, if you had followed my advice, if you had followed my dictates and my commands, something would have been different. Namely, I would have gotten what I wanted, and you didn't do it. Remember, go back to verse 4. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Remember that. That's why all of these events in this story are occurring in the order that they're occurring. We know, we know for a fact that Jesus, from wherever he was, could have healed Lazarus wherever he was. We know that. We have stories in the Gospels, where Jesus would heal somebody that wasn't even there. Remember? My child is sick. Can you come heal? No. It's taken care of. My servant is sick. Can you come? No. It's taken care of. Spoke the word, and it was done. We know that Jesus could have healed Lazarus from wherever he was. But all of this is being done to bring glory to God. We've got to keep thinking about that. Let's keep going. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Then the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why in the world did Jesus weep? Because he loved him? That's true. He's human? I mean, let's face it. Jesus knows what's about to happen. I might be a little giddy. (laughs) Ha ha, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Let me show you what's about to happen. You know, a little chuckle, a little, let's go do it. But no, it says that Jesus 
wept. Go ahead. Death was never supposed to happen originally. Why do we cry at funerals? We cry at funerals because relationships are broken. Relationships that we've had for years are just a short amount of time. We cry at funerals because we feel the loss of this person who was with us and no longer is. But Jesus wouldn't cry for those reasons. He knew what was going to happen. He knew the relationship was going to be restored. But Jesus, as God, knew that the world was not created for this kind of get-together. Here he was at this mourning for Lazarus, and all these people were crying, and Jesus knew this is not the way the universe was supposed to work. But sin entered the world, and with sin, death. And because of death, the weeping over the loss of Lazarus. Jesus was human. Jesus had human relationships. Jesus loved Lazarus. In that sense, he was just like us. But he was also God, and he knew how things ought to be. And this wasn't it. He looked at death, and he said, this is the problem. But what did he tell Martha? I'm the solution. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they will live. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. That's a good thing. But some of them said, could not he have opened the eye, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? That question keeps being brought up. You know? Why didn't you do something when you had the opportunity? Now, it is interesting that they use the example of healing the blind man. In the Gospels, particularly in the Gospel of John, we have a long discussion of the healing of one particular blind man. Why? Because this blind man is healed, and Jesus uses that as a picture of the spiritual blindness of the people and how that's what really needs to be cured. Physical blindness is bad. It is. But what is worse is spiritual blindness. So when Jesus saw the physical blindness, he healed the physical blindness, and then he turned to the crowd to talk to them about their spiritual blindness, their inability to see the truth, their inability to see that Christ was, in fact, the Messiah. So we have physical blindness as the picture for spiritual blindness, and now we have physical death 
And what do you think that's the picture of? Spiritual death. And physical death, because the physical death is the result of the sin that was in humanity from the Garden of Eden, and Christ is going to deal with the spiritual death and the physical death. But once again, we have the same comment. If you were here, you could have done something about this. Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. You dig a hole into the rock, you get a big stone and you put it in front of it, and inside you put the body. You can see these around the area today. Take away the stone, he said. Move it. Take it apart. Now, there's an interesting comment to be made about that, but we might make that in just a moment. Well, I'll make it now. Why did he ask them to take the stone out of the way? So Lazarus could come forth, yeah. Wanted to check out their faith. Don't you think he's about to raise somebody from the dead? Don't you think he could have moved the stone? Who moved the stone when Jesus was resurrected? Well, I don't know. Angels? The power of God? Earthquake? He's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He could have moved the stone if he wanted to move the stone. But he's checking the people. Y'all go over there and move the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Now, in case there's any... Um, belief that Lazarus was really not dead, that maybe they buried him accidentally. They didn't know what a dead person looked like, so he stopped moving, so they put him in a tomb. Sounds like the stories that they tell about Jesus, right? They brought Jesus down at the cross. He really wasn't dead. He had just passed out. He was in a deep swoon, so they put him in there. The cold, damp place revived him, and he pushed a multi-ton stone out of the way. Yeah, right. These people knew what dead people looked like. They knew what dead people looked like, and they know, knew know what dead people do, which is they begin to decay, and they begin to smell. And Martha is concerned that the odor would be repugnant to the people. It would be embarrassing. It would be embarrassing to Lazarus, the memory of Lazarus. I mean, you'd hate to think the last memory that people had of Lazarus was that he really stinks after he's been dead for four days. I mean, let's face it. It isn't something that you want to parade in front of the people. He's been in there for four days. He smells. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Something's going to happen, Martha. Something's going to happen to bring glory to God. 
Back to verse 4. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. We're going to keep getting back to that. That's why all of this is being done. How many dead people do you think there were in Israel on this particular day? How many dead people do you think there had been in the last week before this occurred? Bunches. How many blind people were there in the nation of Israel? How many sick people? Why didn't he raise them all from the dead? Well, he loved Lazarus. That's a true statement. He didn't come to raise all the people from physical death. He came to offer eternal life to all the people. And here we have him being glorified so that people will know that he has the power to bring that eternal life. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Wait a minute. He hasn't even asked for anything yet. Doesn't matter. He and the Father have a pretty good relationship. The Father and the Son work together. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus has nothing to prove before God. He has, no, has nothing to demonstrate before God. But he wants to demonstrate to the people the relationship that he has with the Father. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. My opinion, and this purely is my opinion, the reason he used the word Lazarus, the reason he called him by name, was that if he hadn't called him by name, all the dead people in Israel would have come out of their tombs. That's purely my speculation. Okay? Does it take more or less power to raise ten or one or a hundred or a thousand or a million? It is a power beyond that which you and I have. So he is very specific. Lazarus, come on out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. He had been bundled up because he was dead. No mistakes about that. It wasn't a mistake of mistaken identity. He wasn't really dead, so we buried him by accident. He was dead. Go ahead. I might be using too much liberty here, but uh, let me run something by you. Okay. Uh-huh. In fact, there's a painting uh, painted in, um, I can't remember the year, well, 
Yeah, they're worried about the smell. Huh? And he's coming out of the tomb off of the ground. Uh -huh. And I think that's very scriptural. Really. Mm -hmm. That would be another reason to know that, I mean, the guy didn't get up off yeah. of his bed and walk out. Yeah. And I had never thought about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the point is, is that they would wrap them in these, you know, cloths and this uh, stuff, and it was several hundred pounds of stuff, potentially. I mean, they're attempting to hide the smell and to keep it all in place and all this stuff. So it would have been, at best, very, very difficult for him to shuffle out. So that's an interesting point. I had never thought of it. Doesn't say. It just says he came out. That's a good point. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'd have to think about that one. Did y'all hear her point? Did they love him just because of what he could do for them? I'm not sure. I, I, they did have a little faith, okay? But let's face it. Um, you know, if I have a, a, a relationship with one of you, and we're really good friends, okay, you may be my best friend in the world, but... There's still some things I don't expect you to do, like raise me from the dead. You know, so he may have, they may have had a wonderful relationship. In fact, it says, you know, they loved each other. So was it just because of what he could do? I don't know. I think that was in there. I mean, you know, if, if your car breaks down and you call a friend and they don't come, that would be a sign that, well, maybe they're not as good a friend as I thought they were. But... That doesn't mean you just love them because they'll come get you and fix your car. It just means that that's a sign of their friendship, that they would inconvenience themselves to help you. So the fact that Jesus didn't inconvenience himself to come rushing to their side as soon as, they heard, as, soon as Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, uh, yeah, kind of make you question it a little bit maybe. No, I think he was sad just because of the, the death itself. And he, he is human. I mean, he did share, you know, if you're in a room with sad people, you have a tendency to be sad. Well, wouldn't he have a 
sympathized with the people who were grieving. Yes. The relationships that were broken, and in their minds, that was the end. And Jesus understood that in their minds, that was the end. But he knew it wasn't the end. Yes. We're going to have a question about that in just a moment. Go ahead. Yeah. There is empathy. I mean... Well, that's coming in just a second, too. Not everybody was going to believe. <sighs> when he's... Mm-hmm. For them, basically, he's saying, I've longed for you to believe, uh, to gather you together, yeah. and he will believe. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the same thing when he, he shows a deep emotion. I think right. he has a good point there. And, you know, he, that maybe, we might say that's the human side of him, but another way to look at it, I think, is that he empathizes completely with mm-hmm. him. And uh, that, that's something we don't ever talk about. Yeah. At least. That's a good point. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take care of him. He's back with us. Now, Who made the observation over it? Maybe he was sad that he was raising Lazarus from the dead. This is pure speculation on my part, okay? We, in our human minds, think Lazarus is going to be overjoyed because he's back. This is my speculation. Why, why would you be overjoyed for coming back? Why, really? I, I sometimes speculate, just in my mind, what Lazarus's attitude was for the rest of his life. A longing, a longing to get back to that which you had seen and that you had known. He had to die twice. In one sense, Lazarus got the short end of this stick. But we don't think about that. Why? Because we still believe that death is the end and death means you lost. We are still like Martha with this vague idea of, yeah, there's going to be some kind of resurrection in the future, but I'm not sure. Maybe. And Jesus looks at us and says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Do you believe? And that is the question he asked Martha, and that is the question that he asked us 
every single day. Now, does that mean we don't weep at funerals? No. Funerals are sad because relationships are broken. Funerals are sad because it's not the way things were supposed to be. Go ahead and cry at the funeral. But we're told that we do not mourn as those who have no hope. We believe in the resurrection. We don't believe in some abstract thing called the resurrection. We believe in a person who is the resurrection. If you believe in him, even though you die, yet you will live, and then you will never die. Death is not the end of the story. Just out of curiosity, let's keep reading. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. You know the word that gives me the most trouble there? Many. Why isn't the word all there? Why isn't the word all? Why didn't everybody standing there who had watched Lazarus come out of this tomb, why didn't every one of them bow down in front of Jesus at that point? Instead, we are told that many believed. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Some of them went and ratted on Jesus. Do you know what that upstart teacher from Galilee just did? He just raised somebody from the dead. And people are following him. Snicker, snicker. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin, and you're well aware of the meeting of the Sanhedrin, where Caiaphas finally says, it is better for one to die or all of us. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, Caiaphas was actually speaking the truth. It was better that one died to pay the penalty for the sins of all of us. But Caiaphas didn't know that part. Caiaphas didn't care about that part. Jesus is asking us today the same question that he asked Martha, which is, do you believe? We have the story we have the scripture, we have the truth. The question is not, is the truth there? The question is not, did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? The question is, how do we respond to that? Do we believe, do we put our faith in the one who did the resurrecting? Or do we go rat on him? and say, how can you believe such a thing? Or 
do we just plot how we can get rid of him and remove his influence from our lives because it is very inconvenient. The question is, do we believe? The second observation is simply this. All of this was done to bring glory to the Father and to bring glory to the Son. Would it have been better if Lazarus hadn't died in the first place? I don't know. That's what all the people wanted. That's all, what all the people wanted from Jesus. Keep him from dying. Well, if that's the case, why not just keep him from getting sick in the first place? Why not just take all the Christians and keep them from ever getting sick? Okay, sounds good to me. We don't like getting sick. But God has a plan. Sometimes he shows us pieces of it, sometimes he doesn't. But the plan is to bring glory to God and to bring glory to the Son. And sometimes, for reasons we don't understand, God lets us get sick. And sometimes, for reasons we don't understand, God dies. God lets us die. Sometimes, we see in the Bible, God heals the people who are sick. But sometimes he doesn't. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did the story of the pool at Bethesda, where, Bethesda, where you know the, they believed that if the water was uh, touched by the angel, the first person in... You know, Jesus comes and he heals one person. The place was surrounded by sick people. He heals one person because he had a point to make. Sometimes he heals, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes we die, sometimes... Sometimes there's a physical resurrection. But most of the time there's not. I've been to a lot of funerals. I've never been to one where the deceased got up and walked away. But the question is, do we believe, are we bringing glory to the Father and to the Son? Do we believe, I am the resurrection and the life? He who believes in me, though he dies, death is part of life. Though he dies, yet will he live, and then he will live forever. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Christ. I pray, Lord, that we would believe. Please help our unbelief. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.